there's leather that is made out of mushrooms and you have companies like Lululemon and Stella McCartney and Adidas making products out of mushroom leather because it's way more sustainable. Hey you, you're listening to Not Yet, the podcast about our relationships and how they're the keys to our self-discovery. I'm your host, Paige Polk. I'm a community builder and Emmy award-winning digital media artist channeling the powers of introspection. You're in the right place if you're mindful about the world you create and believe it's possible for us all to belong. I'm so grateful you're here. Now let's start the show. Welcome back to the Not Yet podcast. I am your host, Paige Polk, and it is a pleasure to have your listening ears today because I am speaking with the beautiful, the brilliant, the wonderful Alejandra Rodriguez. Hi, Ale. How are you? I'm great, Paige. How are you? (laughs) I'm just, I'm, how am I? I do my best to answer that question with integrity when people ask me. And what does that mean? (laughs) Well, I think that we have a tendency just culturally when people ask, like, how are you? You say, I'm good. I'm fine. (laughs) And then move on to whatever it is that we're gathered in that space for. And I want to answer people truthfully when they ask me how I am, uh, because I think that little moments of honesty are how we build trust. It is how we build environments that actually help us feel safe. And it's how we build systems that are built up for us to thrive. So I think that's actually, um, that's a very thoughtful response. That's a very thoughtful note. And I think you're right. I think you have to reach a level of some sort of level to get to that. Because what you just mentioned, you ha- there has to be a, um, a person has to be willing to be at like some level of vulnerability and that's very hard you know that that it that that's that's hard for most humans to be vulnerable um with people you know or you know people that you don't know other emotions are way easier than vulnerability (laughs) you know so um I, i i don't know i think it's great you know that you you've come there oh well Thank you. I'm doing my best Uh, as far as how I am in this present moment. I'm grateful that I ate before we gathered today. (laughs) I am a little, I'm in a lot of ambiguity in my life right now. And I am trying my best to see the promise and opportunity in the ambiguity. Did you find that exciting? (laughs) Sometimes. Sometimes it's incredibly thrilling. And I'm trying to stay there. (laughs) It it can be, you know, it's it's a mixed bag. Um, you know, it it can be very stressful, but it can also be very exciting. I think it depends on what you focus on. A lot of the things depend on what you decide, what aspect of of certain things you decide to focus on. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> wow. I feel like we're diving right into my soul in the beginning of this episode. Before we go too deep into my soul, I want to share with people um, 
who you are, well, the black and white version of who you are, so your background. Um, Alejandra is a leader and advocate in the health and beauty space with a passion for creating opportunities in an effort to influence authentic and positive representation of Latinos. Inspired by the functional, nutritional, and medicinal benefits of mushrooms, she founded Shroom Boom to pursue her conviction about their expansive potential in promoting mental and physical well-being. A native of Monterey, Mexico, Alejandra lives in Los Angeles. But yeah, I'm I'm very passionate about health and wellness. Um, I think most people that that are usually that passion comes from your own healing journey from something. So um, I founded this company almost a year ago, um, and it it's rooted from a want and a need to leave a healthy life myself and having a mission driven company that can, you know, help other people do the same. And I'm a big believer in sustainability. So, you know, I, I believe that the planet's resources are very limited and, um, and it, it, it's something that everybody should, should, you know, put their part. I've never really publicly spoken about this, but I, I struggled with a, an eating disorder for a couple of years. Um, I think that's something that is more common than what people think. It's just usually most people don't talk about it. And I'm not sure it's something that ever fully leaves you. So you have to be very good about your mental health. I do believe that mental and physical health are just as important. You know, both of them are very, very important. So, um, but when I was struggling through this, it was, I lived in a state of constantly feeling bad. And unfortunately that became my normal state because that becomes your permanent state and you begin to normalize that. You don't realize that you feel like, um, I was going to say like shit, but I'm sorry. I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> you um, can. <laughs> well, you, you know, when you feel like shit for so long, you stop, um, you, you think that that's normal when it's not. So, um, it, and it, it doesn't make, it, it won't make sense what I'm, what I'm telling you to a rational mind. But throughout that time, I didn't accept that I have it, that I had it. Like, um, you understand when you're not eating or when you're just your relationship with food gets distorted. One day I actually did collapse. So boom, I fell straight to the ground. Um, and I slowly started to lose my ability to move. Like I, my hands began like, you know, contouring like this. Same thing happened with my feet and I started losing my ability to speak. Um, I think that's the scariest moment I've had in my life. I've, you know, I've been scared before, but not like that. Um, a lot of things go through your mind. You know, you don't know if that's going to become your permanent state or not. 
I was very thin back then. So I don't think my body could still um, keep that stress on it. Um, I was still working out. I was still doing this. So I was, you know, I was still being pretty active. I just wasn't being very good um, to myself. Um, I don't think my body was going to be able to take it much longer. Actually, what brought me back to being able to move and talk again was breathing through that moment. I had to calm down. I don't think I'm the only person that struggles or has struggled with something like that. I think there's a lot of this out there. And, you know, it's, I, I'd love to help people just live a better life in, in, however it is that that you're struggling with and when i started learning about you know mushroom in the space i was fascinating by seeing all the benefits and the magic that they can do you know i think that mushrooms are can be trans transformational for a human being there's so much happening right now using mushrooms in you know in the sustainability side you have right now products uh being made out of mushrooms there's leather that is made out of mushrooms and you have companies like Lululemon and Stella McCartney and Adidas making products out of mushroom leather because it's, it's way more sustainable. You have Mercedes now that's going to be putting that into cars. You have packaging right now that, um, uh, that disintegrates in 45 days rather than 500. Now there are trials happening where they're using them for uh, binge eating disorders. They're using them to treat addictions. Um, there's research from the John Hopkins Institute where they have like um, a number of candidates where they use the grid Hamilton, um, the scale, the grid Hamilton scale, which, you know, it, 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 a certain number indicates the, the severity of depression. So um, all of the candidates went from severe depression to almost no depression with two applications of psilocybin therapy with guided, with, with guided psychotherapy, only two. Um, and it, in, in that research, you know, it shows that um, psilocybin, that therapy can keep depression and anxiety at bay for one whole year. Thank you so much for sharing not only your personal experience with your eating disorder and rising through your own strength, but also sharing your sincere passion to help people live purposeful, healthy lives and your belief that mushrooms can help us get there. And they're being used as alternatives to leather, um, looking forward into sustainability, uh, physical and emotional well-being. And you've also shared how impactful it's been in your own life. Can you talk a little bit about how your relationship with mushrooms and your own journey led to the beginning of Shroom Boom? I, I have my partner, Jennifer. Um, my boyfriend, Scott, is a board member, and they have been both, you know, like rocks through all these through this journey it's, it's it's you know um i'm a first-time entrepreneur first-time founder and it's it's a lot <laughs> it's a lot of work it's it's honestly um the best experience of my life in the sense that you know i feel very fulfilled you know that that the company is is going the way that it is and with the direction that it's taking it's um i i feel like um 
I feel proud of myself. What the company is doing in, in Shroombum is we are creating content, beautiful content, um, to educate people about the power and the magic of mushrooms. We want to make a really strong community that believes in mushrooms, that believes in sustainability. And we are also building a marketplace where we will also be uh, selling our own products. Speaking as a person who doesn't know a lot about mushrooms, like I've heard about shrooms, I've heard about people going on crazy trips, I've heard of people having spiritual experiences. Uh, I personally just never done it because it, the opportunity has never arisen. <laughs> and also I think there's a little bit of like fear of the unknown also. And I can imagine that other people listening might feel similarly. So what would you say to someone who's interested in mushrooms, but doesn't know the first thing about where to find them, how to do them safely, and how to use them to support their own spiritual practice? What mattered to me is that I felt safe the first time I did them, right? So I, I wanted to feel safe. Um, I think it's important to do them with someone that you trust. Or with, you know, there are there are people that actually do ceremonies with um, uh, with psilocybin. So I, I think it's important to do it in an environment where a person feels safe and that that trusts the person that they're with. So I think, you know, choosing the right humans is very important. Um, I also think doing it with somebody that has some knowledge, you know, about dosage and would I recommend it for the first time somebody do it with a guide? I think so. Picking the right people is a general golden As rule. As a general, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just pick the right humans. I mean, it, it lasts for a couple of hours, so you're kind of stuck a little bit with the people that you're with. So pick the right people. And there are just so many ways, so many different mushrooms, so many things we could do. What do you want to do? For myself right now, um, yeah. right now I'm in a really good place. I'm in a really great place. So right now in, in this sense, you know, it's actually happiness is, is unrealistic to think about happiness as a permanent state. You know, there's always ups and downs and everything, and it, which is fine. But I, I'm, at this moment, I'm, I'm honestly in a very good place in, in a, a place of like um, gratitude and all in all, do I have problems? I have tons. I have tons of problems. <laughs> but, um, I, I've gotten to a place where I think of them differently. I think what I learned through the pandemic is as long as you have health and family and love, everything else is secondary. And if you think of it like that, it makes, uh, it takes a lot of stress out of other problems. I really believe that we all have the answers to everything but we don't listen. So, and, and sometimes it's really hard to listen when you're very, very, very emotional, like um, very attached to a certain outcome or something or fear or whatever. It, it just gets very noisy. That's hard to listen. But I do believe that all those sensors are inside of us. What a beautiful way to end this episode. All of the answers are inside of you. I really think that, you know, I don't know, um, how, how do you practice, you know, your intuition? Personally? 
Yeah. That, <laughs> the reason I'm laughing, <laughs> the reason I'm laughing is because I am, I'm actually building my mindfulness coaching practice right now. And the entire process is about helping people understand what their own intuition feels like so that they can use that as a tool to live a life that is as expansive as we are as creative people, as multi-passionate people, um, as leaders, as guides, as healers. And I, to an extent, have been distancing my personal relationship with intuition because it is so very personal, right? Um, in order for me to be able to help people with their own. And to hear you ask me my about my personal relationship with my intuition, it just feels um, like universally comical. <laughs> yeah. uh, but what my practice with my intuition is fluid. I 100% agree with you that it has to feel good. Once it starts to feel like a chore, it's not working. Um, I bring myself to the present moment as often as I possibly can throughout the day whether it's before we start this podcast episode, whether it's after this is over, whether it's I'm drying a bath, what am I, what's happening in my body? When I'm having trouble breathing, recognizing that I'm having trouble breathing and stopping and figuring out where I feel the pain or the restriction. Is it in my chest? Is it in my diaphragm? Is it in my solar plexus? What can I do about that pain? And I think that pain it can be physical in your body. It can be a mental, it can be emotional. And I also think that it is telling you something needs to change. And I also believe that when there is pain, there was probably something that let you know that pain was coming that didn't hurt so bad before that you probably ignored. Right. That, yeah, that all that really makes sense. I, I really do think that Sometimes it's just very hard to listen. It's, um, I don't know, in, in my own personal opinion, in my own personal sorry, experience with intuition, it's just, it's very, intuition is actually pretty loud when you're calm. Can you please uh, share where the Not Yet community can find you and Shroom Boom online and see what you're up to? Absolutely. Um, so I would love to invite everybody to uh, visit our website, which is www.shroomboom.com and subscribe to our newsletter. And, you know, we, it, it, like I said, it's all about, you know, mushroom magic. It's a very inclusive content. We, uh, the company writes about, you know, mushrooms in skincare, mushrooms in beauty, mushrooms in fashion, mushrooms in the medicinal side, you know, the company wants everybody to have as much knowledge about everything that mushrooms can do. So please go to the website and subscribe. And you also can find um, us on Instagram at uh, shroomboom.co. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Not Yet. The podcast is hosted by me, Paige Polk, and produced by Paige Polk International. The show art is made by Elizabeth Olgeen, and the music is by Elder. Don't forget to subscribe here. 
And if you want more of this love in your life, visit notyetseries.com to join the Not Yet Project and community. I'll see you next week.